Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast. This week in preparation for Sabbath, September 11th, we look at Lesson 11, Longing for More. Join us as we see how the sanctuary system actually points us to Jesus Christ. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we are longing for more, Lesson 11. Memory text comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6, the English Standard Version. It says, Now these things took place as an example for us, that we might uh, that we might not desire evil as they did. So we see here the example is coming up. We're looking later on at about the uh, the sanctuary system and some ways that still applies to us as an example. And I'm looking forward to this lesson. Yeah, me too. I you know I think the basic idea is to challenge us to want to grow spiritually. So agreed, um, agreed. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's, let's, what is baptized into Moses? <laughs> Yeah, so there's this passage in First uh, Corinthians chapter ten, the first eleven verses, and for those that aren't familiar, you know, the church in Corinth was this sort of troubled church, yeah, had a lot of problems, and so the apostle Paul is kind of belaboring them to uh, try to help them to learn and to stretch them and to grow them, and so what he does here, partway through this epistle is kind of look back at the children of Israel, look at their experience and um, and and what they went through. So don't be ignorant, he says, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and then talks about their experience, baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So you just, that uh, description and words of the children of Israel going uh, into uh, the sea and the, and the waters being parted, this sort of, uh, you know, is a as a type or a symbol of something greater. It's part of a story, but it has symbolic meaning, spiritual meaning, and uh, referencing uh, also uh, the rock that was split that provided water when they got mm. to the other side. So th- these are stories that, at the end of the day, talk about the plan of salvation, talk about Jesus Christ, uh, and when they didn't pay attention to Christ and what what God had done for them miraculously. Right, right. Uh, that in the end, that resulted in their, well, the way the Paul put it was their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. <laughs> they died. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> it was really sad. And so this is a reminder that we need to be careful that as we are thinking and our own religious experience, it says we should not test Christ, verse 9 as some, of, as some of them did and were killed by snakes. Remember Christ, while well, Moses holding up the uh, the staff and everything to look and to live. Uh, and and then finally, the key verse here of this baptism by Moses or whatever you want to call it, this experience of the children of Israel, is verse 11. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us mm-hmm. on whom the culmination of the ages has come. I like that. Uh, these things happen to them as examples. And in, this is from the NIV. Other translations like the King James says, you know, words like these are types. Types, yeah. Uh, so it's the same idea that is trying to be communicated here, that these are lessons for us to learn from the past that should, 
admonish and challenge us that we shouldn't be like that. Mm. Yeah. Love so, it. Love it. So I guess uh, we kind of shift a little bit uh, to ancient Israel with the rituals and sacrifices. Uh, yes, what are we uh, talking about uh, here, Buster? Continuing talking about the Old Testament system of rituals and mm-hmm. sacrifices. It uh, has us looking at Leviticus chapter 4, 32, and launches from there, uh, 32 to 35. If he brings a lamb as his sin offering, he shall bring a female without blemish. Then he shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and, it, and kill it as a sin offering at the place where they kill the burnt offering. Verse 35, he shall remove all of its fat as the fat of the lamb is removed and from the, sacri- and from the sacrifice of the peace offering. The priest shall burn it on the altar according to the offerings made by the by fire to the Lord. And so we see here all these things are, are happening. And it says as a result of doing this, uh, the Lord. So the priest will make atonement for his sin that if he has committed, it shall be forgiven him. And it makes a direct correlation with First uh, Peter 1, 18 through 21, as well as John 1, 29. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins mm. of the world. Right. Yeah. And as a result of this, we see the type that was before, and then we see the actual completion of the type, right? Mm -hmm. Who is Christ coming and actually dying on behalf of, uh, for us, right? Mm -hmm. We're the ones that deserve it, but he's the one that took it on. Yeah. Uh, And I oftentimes think about this, and uh, I used to say it uh, with a lot of confidence, not not so much anymore, because a friend of mine explained this to me. He said, if we had to still kill animals as a result of our sin, I, I think we would be doing a lot less sinning. He says, actually, no. He says, because just as sin now in our lives, you grow accustomed to slaying a, a, a lamb for your sin. So if I'm hearing you right, Buster, we become like desensitized. Yes, calloused almost, mm-hmm. right? Ouch. And that's the problem, which is we mm-hmm. say, well, if this was like this, no. Mm-hmm. God is saying, I need you to stop looking for excuses and start looking for ways to surrender, to repent. Uh, to actually yeah. be sorrowful, that's what it was intended for. Not to say, oh, I sinned again, here goes a lamb. No, or, or mm. I sinned again, here goes Jesus. No, wow. yeah. <laughs> that's not what he died for. He died yeah. to sin for once and for all, to bring us closer into a new light, to mm. walk in the spirit and not according to the flesh. Yeah. And so as we're looking at all these uh, types and everything else, it asks this question. Think about how se- how bad sin must really be that it took the sacrifice, the self-sacrifice, of one member of the Godhead, Jesus, in order to atone for it. What should this teach us about uh, why we must rely on grace and never works? After all, what could we add to what Christ has already done for us? Mm. Truth is, we can add nothing. Right. Uh, but at the same time, sometimes I think we start looking in the mirror and start feeling pretty good about ourselves. We mm-hmm. look at the rest of the world, which mm-hmm. right now there's a lot of demented places and demented people. Yeah. And we say, well, comparatively to them, I'm, I'm not doing so bad. Yeah. Yes, but looking at the light and the glory of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. we're all so far off. Yeah. Which is turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full upon his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim the light of his glory and his grace, right? Mm. And so our eyes are oftentimes in the wrong places. Yeah. We're looking at what's happening here and what's happening there. And it's okay to be in tune with those things, mm. but never lose your focus in on the Savior, which mm. is what the sacrificial system was, mm-hmm. recognizing what Christ was about to do for us. When you do that and you find yourself basking in his glory, he will ha- help us change because mm-hmm. we will want to change. Mm. And so this kind of brings us to Tuesday's lesson, Michael, the example of rest. Yeah, this, this rest, this Sabbath rest, and the key passage here for... Uh, This section here comes from Hebrews chapter 4, 
uh, verses 1 through 11, and uh, it begins by saying, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, not talking about ancient Israel, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. And then it goes on, uh, uh, Now we who have believed enter the rest. So this is an invitation that we have, and most of all, what it is is an in, uh, uh, invitation to rest spiritually uh, through conversion, through yes. surrendering one's life to Jesus Christ, into spiritual rest, having relationship with God, which uh, once that happens, that alleviates all these other things that this passage talks about, the, the anger of God. God doesn't take any joy in being angry at people, but no. he can't tolerate sin. And so when there is sin, there is this sort of barrier, right, that, that blocks that relationship from being possible that God so much desires uh, with each of us. And so, uh, and, and then not only is there spiritual rest in terms of our salvation, but there's also the seventh day Sabbath entering into that spiritual rest every seventh day. That doesn't mean that we we don't rest in Christ all the other days, but there is something that is symbolic of the Sabbath rest that helps remind us and get our attention about uh, our, our, our need to reconnect with God. Mm. And so that's what it's talking about is, and then verse nine is this, this famous passage here, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And, and I think this is important because some people criticize Seventh-day Adventists and they actually use this passage, right? Yeah, right. To say, hey, you know, I'm saved under grace and not the law. And so the Sabbath is done away with. I my Sabbath rest on Sunday, right? Or, yeah, yeah. Or, or Monday or Friday, I've heard, right? Yeah, and, and there's actually been some good research on this. That's not what this passage is talking about. No. But it is saying that there is a spiritual connection yes. between both our salvation mm-hmm. and then even the Sabbath is at its most basic thing is to remind us of two things. God is our creator and God is our redeemer. And this passage is clearly talking about uh, that connection of the Sabbath with God as our redeemer. That is this rest that Jesus invites every one of us to be a part of. Uh, and, you know, take my, uh, what's that verse, uh, Buster? Take my yoke. Yeah, come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke, for it is easy and light, right? My burden is light, yeah. Yes. I, was, I was getting mixed up there, but <laughs> yeah. for help. that's why we help each other out. Yes, we but, do. But this, this idea of, of Jesus invites us to rest. Our, his burden is light. If we just take off our burdens and surrender them to him. And so Amen. Uh, that's that's what we're talking about here. And um, and then it says, don't harden your hearts. I guess a lot of illusions in this week on yeah, the, the children of Israel, right? <laughs> There are. So, and you know, Michael, what's interesting, what you said about mm-hmm. a Tuesday's lesson there is yeah. that uh, the Sabbath rest, you can observe the Sabbath and still not enter the joy of the Sabbath, still not enter the Sabbath rest. You know, you're right, right Buster. That, you know, I, I, I worry about sometimes, you know, too many Adventists, they keep the Sabbath. Yes. But they don't keep the Sabbath. And, and he said, he said, it shouldn't be burdensome. Yeah. Like sometimes it becomes burdensome to us. Yeah. If, if, if that's all the Sabbath is, then you're missing the point. I mean, exactly. you might as, might as well not even Sabbath. Yeah. Because yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> it's miserable. <laughs> God doesn't want it. No. He's like, oh, uh, why are you bring your misery? <laughs> so why are you making yourself miserable, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, 
along with that, yeah. harden not your hearts. Mm. Uh, Psalm 95, 8 through 11, correlates directly with uh, Hebrews 4, 4 through 7. Is You've gone through that, so I won't go through that again. But, but mainly Hebrews 4, 6, talking about into the joy of the Sabbath. It says, do not harden your hearts as in, the, as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, uh, though they saw my work. For 40 years, I was grieved with that generation and said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Mm. Right. And so it brings up this. It says Hebrews 4, 6 suggests that those who have heard in the divine, uh, who heard the divine promise of true rest did not enter because of disobedience. Mm -hmm. What's the link between disobedience and not entering God's rest? Wow. And I have, I have marked down here that the, the link between the two is actually the, uh, the fact that if our hearts are far from him, then why, you know, he says it. They're, uh, I'm up on their lips, but their hearts are far from me, right? Wow. Uh, yeah. And so yeah. we can have the same thing that happens. Mm -hmm. It's not just the disobedience. It's what the disobedience causes. Mm. It just causes separation. Yeah. And if that disobedience is rebellion in my heart and not mm -hmm. just, oops, I messed up accidentally, right? Right, right, right. It's causing this stagnation between me and God. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just reading uh, personally in Second Kings where Absalom uh, kills uh, his brother and David gets very upset. He goes to Geshur. Uh, Joab kind of tricks him to bring him back. He comes back and David won't see him. Finally sees him. There's still angst there. And it says for 40 years, Absalom grew in this angst because David wouldn't actually cause this disobedience, this rebellion in his heart. He wouldn't call it out. He wouldn't deal with it. And as a result of it, we saw it wow. happen. He tried to overthrow yeah. his kingdom. Yeah. And the same thing happens in our hearts. If there's rebellion, there's disobedience in our hearts, mm -hmm. it grows and it festers. Mm -hmm. And so God is doing everything possible to try to reach us mm -hmm. through his word. But if we're not reading his word, if we're not praying, if we're not yeah. practicing spiritual disciplines connect, to connect with God, that disobedience in our lives will continue to grow. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's not necessarily even about the sin itself, yeah. but mostly about the cause, the root of that sin, which is oftentimes our far hearts are far from God. Yeah. And so hopefully yeah. we can bring our hearts closer to God in repentance and surrender to him. Love it. And so uh, Michael, uh, bring us home with conquering a heavenly city. All right. So we're on to Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 29. I'm reading from the NIV. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, mm. neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. And I just love this. It's so beautiful because we're, you know, it's so easy. It's our human nature that we separate ourselves. We create barriers. We, we, we like to put other people down. We do. So that we put ourselves up. And, and scripture is saying that that's just not how it works. No. It doesn't matter if it's class, gender, race, whatever <laughs> you want to call it, that uh, in the kingdom of God, we're all equal. We're all one in Jesus Christ. Amen. Such a beautiful, beautiful promise. Um, and, and, and that's what we're going to see when we get to heaven. It is, it is. I, you know, I've been doing some research. Um, I mean, you know this, Buster, on, on fundamentalism and the early 20th century and even the Ku Klux Klan. 
um, and even some Adventists who they believe that there's going to be a black and white heaven. Yeah. And I'm horrified at yeah, that they, thought. I believe there's going to be railroads in heaven, yeah. a railroad in heaven that's going to separate black and white. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 this is well, it's first of all, it's just bad theology. Yeah. But it's just contrary to scripture. Mm-hmm. And this is, I, and and so I I think this is why we need to make sure. Um, we live in a world right now where people have very strong feelings about different things, politics, all kinds of things. But we may need to make sure, and this is why I keep coming back to that, we let the gospel transform our hearts. That means we let the gospel change our politics, change our views of race, change Amen. our views of gender, all of these kinds of things. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different when we get to heaven. It's going to be better than we ever imagined because we will all be one one body of Christ, and and by the way, that doesn't mean that we're off the hook right now. Yeah, no, it doesn't. We're, we have a sacred responsibility if we're headed towards the heavenly city to work towards the alleviation of suffering, of all of these things that we just talked about. God calls us not to look passively, but to work actively for the kingdom of God here on this earth. You know, you know I, I love that you shared that, Michael, because oftentimes think about this, the convictions that we have that the Holy Spirit places on our lives, I, th- I think there's still a lot of people who might, necess- not, might not necessarily listen to in that moment, but the Holy Spirit lingers with us, mm-hmm. and eventually we, we get over. Yeah. But I think that in heaven, as we're going, and I think in the millennium, yeah. we'll be able to look back. And I know this is supposed to be this wonderful summer moment where he wipes away every tear from our eyes. I think he has to wipe away tears from our eyes because... Yeah we will repent even then yeah. of saying, Lord, look at here when I was wrong. I was so wrong about racial issues. I was so wrong about uh, gender issues. God, I was so wrong about mm-hmm. denominational issues, yeah. right? Yeah. And God's going to have to wipe away those tears from our eyes because we're going to be so sorry. Mm. And the time to, to be sorry is not only during that time of millennium. I think time to be sorry is right now. Exactly. Is to look at our lives and say, man, Jesus, if you were literally next to me right now, would you be voting this way? Would you be acting this way? Would mm. you be going this way? Whatever that might be for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to push a particular agenda or anything like that. But I think we really need to ask God what his opinion is and allow it to supersede our very own. Yeah. And yeah. allow the scriptures to back that up. Yeah. And now is the time. Yeah. I love it. And uh, yeah, working for the kingdom of God here on this earth and how we treat one another makes all the difference. How we Sabbath with one another (laughs) makes all the difference. Uh, And most of all, it's Jesus that transforms our hearts. Exactly. You know what? Someone, uh, one of the students brought it up the other day in my biblical preaching class. They said, what do you think Uriah is going to say to David when he sees him in heaven? (laughs) Mercy, right? Right, because he was yeah, he was yeah. murdered in battle. Yeah. And here goes uh, King David. Wait, I'm reading here. He calls you a man after your his own heart. Like, what, what happened, happened here? <laughs> what happened? Right? And then we see grace and we see favor, but we also see reconciliation. That I believe that's going to happen there. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 I, and I mentioned that just along with others because God has a way of working things out to as many, where as many people can be saved who want to be saved. Yeah. The vilest offender who truly believes a wonder, a transport from Jesus receives. Yeah. And so hopefully we all receive that transport, but it happens because Uriah didn't get the chance to see David repent and mm. write Psalm 51. Yeah. Or creating me a clean heart, O oh God, or a new, a steadfast spirit within me. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so 
Some people might be saying, what's Buster Swoops doing here? And they never got a chance to see me quoting yeah. that Psalm 51. Hopefully they do, right? Exactly. Uh, hopefully I'm not at, at odds with people, but mm-hmm. but like I said, now is, now is the time. Love it. Well, I think that puts for a, a wrap on another week. This is Soup. And Swoops, signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.